2: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
3: Are you kidding
0: me? You
4: are looking long. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
2: Oh, come in, Winning Cures, everything. It is the Friday, November 12th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And, of course, Chris on the phone. It is a weekday. You guys know how we do this by this point in the season. Uh, it is week 11 for college football. There are only 14 weeks in the college football regular season. 15 if you count Army-Navy, uh, 14 if you count conference championship, of course. Uh, so we got this week and we got two more regular season before we get to conference championship games. And I'm pretty pumped. There's a lot going on in the world of college football. Uh, first thing that I always ask on a Friday. Chris, college game day, week 12. Where are Felica and the bunch going to go next week? Do you already have one off the top of your head, or you want me to give you options?
4: Yeah, give me a couple options, because I, I haven't even looked at the following week's schedule.
2: Okay, so here's what we got. We have got the Montana Grizzlies. And they are facing off against Montana State next week. Montana, of course, the FCS team that beat uh, Washington earlier in the season. They have got hashtag Grizz on game day going on Twitter right now. And they are pumped about it. They want them coming up to Missoula, Montana. And if you have not seen that stadium, it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, You can actually look out on Twitter at MontanaGrizzFB. uh, That's Grizz with one G. Or use the hashtag uh, Grizz, G-R-I-Z, on game day and and check that out. They call it the Mecca of FCS football. Rabid fan base. They actually sell more season tickets than uh, Boise State, Washington State, Wyoming, Nevada, and Utah State. Kind of surprising. So, it, I, I think that one could be a lot of fun. Um, but if you don't want to go the FCS route, which they have not thus far this season, we got Michigan State, Ohio State, which very possible after that uh, you you fall off a tier a little bit you got uh, Iowa State at Oklahoma Oregon at Utah Arkansas at Alabama and then if you want to drop even further you've got UAB going to UTSA who is still undefeated and likely will be so next week because they are playing Southern miss as a 33 and a half point favorite this weekend you uh you feeling good about any of those more I'm gonna guess Columbus Um but that's not exactly what I would like.
4: <laughs> no, no, no. I actually wouldn't go to Columbus. You've already been there, man. You, do, you know, I'm not. I'm not. Listen, there are too many damn schools for you'd be going places twice just to get to the best game of the weekend or whatever you think. Okay, so so I'm not. I'm not pro that. Um, I do think that you should, you know, spend more time going to some of these lesser schools and 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 and, and boosting them up. I don't have anything against that, but. Um, you know, I I would probably do UTSA. I would you know, love it. A, anytime you get an opportunity to help UAB, it's a big deal. It's a good thing. This is a school that was a victim of, of losing their program due to some awful chicanery, terrible politics from the state of Alabama, um, from the <clears throat> University of Alabama, and <laughs> And they lost their program, and then they got it back. So anytime you can you can have them as a showcase, that's great. What the Roadrunners are doing is unbelievable. this This is not one of those resumes chalk full of just nobody. You know, they've came into the American and they've beaten some teams. They've gone into to the MAC and in the in the, in the Sun Belt and conferences that are bigger than them, places that are supposed to be better than them, and and they've rolled off with victories every time they turned around. I, I would be perfectly acceptable of you going there. And I think that is the right
0: choice.
2: I, I tend to agree. I would like for them to go to UTSA. Uh, I'm also okay with them going the FCS route and going to Montana because it is gorgeous up there. Um, but also, I mean, my third option here, uh, I, I don't even know that Ohio State, <clears throat> excuse me, and Michigan State would be my third option. I think maybe Utah uh, hosting Oregon might be my third option. I don't know. That they want to do that. No, as far as, but why
4: do you need three options? If you know one of them is the right answer, Oh, I'm just talking why, about why for us. Need... I don't
2: know about them. Like, I did,
4: well, I don't. Uh, but that, but that's that's I don't. I don't work that way, right? <laughs> like, I'm not just going to give you a terrible oppor- option, just just so we have three to choose from and debate from. That's, that sounds like an awful idea.
2: Uh, true, true, very true. But I, I will say this: uh, the alliance, of course, between. Uh, and we're going to talk here in just a minute about the new CFP 12-team proposal. Um, everything seems to be coming up rosy for the alliance between the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC for whatever reason. So, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. But, yeah, I, I, would, I would go UTSA or Montana in this spot. I would not touch any of these other ones. Um, either one of those would be perfectly fine. Showcase a new place that you have not been. That's what I would like to do. Moving on from there... Hey, do we want to spend any time talking about the CFP reaction? Uh, do you have any thoughts on ranking Michigan over Michigan State?
4: Well, I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I don't know that it's worth talking about. I don't know that anybody wants to hear it.
1: That's I, the of where people I am. that put this yeah. on.
4: All, all this is going to be is continual pressing of the fact that the people that put this on—they're not just ignorant, okay? They're not just bad at their job, right? These people are terrible people. Okay. This is Dan Wetzel spun this the absolute correct way. And I don't know why I didn't think about it yet. And I'm glad that, that he talked about this. He talked about it a couple weeks ago. I don't know that he did this, this week or not on the Yahoo uh, College podcast, but it, it was basically look at who, who created this playoff. Look at who created it. It's people, politics. Politicians created this thing. What have politicians done to our country? All they've done is narrowed us down to our lowest common denominator, put everybody in camp, and get everybody screaming at one another and hating each other. That's all they've done over the last, I don't know, 20 years that I've been alive. I can't really speak to much of that happened before, you know, the first you know whatever years before that. I, you know, I was just a child and, and I was oblivious to everything. We let no sons of bitches create the playoff we let them show us how to make this thing and how to do it and amazingly it's done exactly what it's supposed to do it has put people in camps. it gets people screaming and hollering and nobody looks or cares about the end result because they're so angry by the time you got there they're just glad it's over
0: well everybody
2: did seem to think for whatever reason that all of the yelling and whatnot would actually be good for the sport, right? The Nobody opinion- thought that. No, no, you
4: thought that. And a bunch of people that run college football thought that. No, 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 we um, had those
2: conversations. No,
4: hold on. And I'm talking I told about- you over and over and over and over again that that is not good for your sport.
2: The politicians that put this together believed that that was going to be good for the sport, right? And I think ESPN bought into that, right? The whole who's in thing all the time, all of the conversations surrounding it they thought would help drive interest in the product and it turns out it is actually driven down interest in the product now if you look at tv yes. ratings and whatnot obviously those are back up this season why, but
4: why would the people why would the people who who bought into that buy into that because political um uh things have gone up no no the number of people that show up to vote or uh, when they bought into this especially is lower than it's ever been nobody like why would you listen to these people True. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. They're all corrupt. They're all immoral. The world's a better place when they're all gone.
2: Uh, This kind of takes us into the next topic, which uh, I'm just going to make them roll right into each other. They have been having meetings, of course. uh, The CFP 12-team playoff committee, well, the CFP committee that puts this whole thing together. You remember they came out with a 12-team plan, and it was going to be the six highest-ranked conference champions not a 5 plus 1 or whatever else, right? Uh, The 8-teamer is off the table, so we don't have to worry about that one anymore. The 12-team is back on the table. However, it looks like the most likely option as of today, as reported by Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated, is we are going to have all of the Power 5 conferences as automatic qualifiers and one, uh, the highest G5 conference uh, as another automatic qualifier. So you're, you're going to have six, and that's what it would be in most seasons. But as we saw last year, uh, Oregon, as a Pac-12 champion, would not have been in the playoff, at least not automatically. Uh, it, I, I do not like this. They caved to the P5 bunch again. And, and how that is going to be tossed in here with the Big 12 losing Oklahoma and Texas, I am kind of shocked at this. I don't know why they would uh, agree to this, unless they just really could not get anybody uh, on board with with doing the top six. I just don't understand why they would do this. You you got a thought on it? Well, yeah, they're all corrupt because the people that are going to be left in the Big Twelve feel like they're butt hurt and they
4: they want to still have power and they they've hitched on to this alliance with these two other conferences, one of which is a dying you know star as well, and, and, and so. And so they want to run things. They're all afraid because the American, the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 all need to be very, very careful because the American and the Mountain West are just below them. And I don't even think they're below them, by the way. I absolutely don't.
2: I think that that actually has a lot to do with this, right? I think, it, I think the Pac-12 and the Big 12 realize that the AAC and the Mountain West are both really, really good and in Don't leave the year. ACC out of this, Gary. Don't leave them out of this. They're just uh, yeah, they're just as bad. They're they're pretty bad this year. they're worse. Yeah. They're worse than those other conferences right now. No, you're 100 right about that. You're 100 percent right. Uh, I think those... the Pac-12 is substantially better than the big the ACC this year. Yes, yes, I tend to agree with that. Uh, the ACC is is pretty bad. If it were not for now, I will say that there is some fun football going on, but there's no consistency. There's no great programs. Uh, Clemson, I would imagine, will bounce back eventually, um, and you've got teams that are building, but they're they're not good this year. But that's the thing; they don't want a down season to cost them a playoff spot. So it, it, we did have an eight and five Wisconsin when the Big Twelve or Big Ten, excuse me, uh, eight nine ten years ago, somewhere around there. I mean, Bealmo was still the coach for them, um, but that's what we would have in this situation. You will have a four or five loss team at some point make the playoff. Uh, it's a bit of a joke, but also,
4: I'm okay with them making the playoff. I'm not, I think. Oh, here's the thing: if we're going to do that, then let's let all the conference championships. Just kidding. Right. Let's, let's just, just make, make it make sixteen, it,
2: and and let's just make it sixteen. Yeah, I'd be totally fine with that. And in some years, because you then you're only UConn. talking
4: about ten spots, <laughs> and then you got six six uh, 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 at large spots.
2: Yeah, and one of them will most likely be taken by Notre Dame most seasons. So you got five other at larges because Notre Dame not being in a conference would actually cost them quite a bit in this spot. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I found it very, very interesting. Very interesting to say the least. Let's, uh, let's dive into this topic. I have to get your opinion on this because the message boards went bananas. And apparently there was a lot of talk in Oklahoma's bye week about Lincoln Riley's uh, representatives discussing the LSU job last week. And it is still, and now there are reports that he is the leader in the clubhouse. I was a little bit shocked about this, and you never know what reports to believe, especially in a coaching search like this. Everybody's got somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Uh, Lincoln Riley at LSU. Uh, We've talked about it before. I want to hear your opinion on one: if there's any truth to this, and two: uh, how would you feel? So the
4: only the only way this came out. I'm I'm in tune to all of these things. Was a private jet, a chartered plane, not LSU's plane, a private plane flew from Baton Rouge to um, Norman to, to Norman, Texas uh, to Norman, Oklahoma. Sorry, and that, that's it. That's that's what all of this is spinning from. It's heaven to Betsy, that it that it be some you know rich guy that that's going on a hunting trip, okay. <laughs> Like, do you think Lincoln Riley, who's getting ready for probably the biggest game of the year right now, uh, after Texas with with Baylor and and coming up that he's he's interviewing for another job?
2: I doubt it. I, I sincerely okay. doubt it.
4: So so here's here's what here's what I know from the LSU people I follow. Okay, now now this is this is what I know, and they don't make a lot of bold acclamations, exclam- a- and they don't they don't make a lot of you know big charges or whatever but they just tell you what they know okay
0: Okay. and
4: I know for a fact that Woodward has narrowed this thing down to where he really just wants Jimbo he is trying really hard to sell that to a bunch of boosters that are pissed off at Jimbo from the last negotiations with him okay so you've got a you've got a couple of rich guys that have run things for a long time at LSU that do not want him because of the way they feel they were treated in the past all right? but Woodward is basically all in on Jimbo that's what he wants Interesting. now if, if he can't have Jimbo his other swing for the fence person right now is being talked about as Lincoln Riley but nobody actually thinks that's going to happen I've, I've talked to very few people that are actually in the know that think the Lincoln Riley thing is happening and half of them don't want it to happen because the the person that will be the coach if Jimbo doesn't take it, everyone has unanimously said that, that I listen to is it's going it's going to be Mel Tucker. Interesting.
2: I love Mel Tucker. I think they'd be a fantastic hire. I do too. No,
4: that's, um, that that that's not that. So I, you know how much I feel about Jimbo, and i made that clear. I would love for Jimbo to be my. coach. I would love for Jimbo to be my coach, but. That with that being said, if I don't get Jimbo, and and I never thought Jimbo was going to be an option because I know the boosters that he pissed off, and and I will tell you this: if we hire Jimbo, it that I will tell you that the boosters definitely do not run things at Baton Rouge, okay? Because because that that is just one of those strange things where Woodward is just basically going to call their bluff and say, are you gonna are you gonna hate this place? Are you two going to shake hands when he gets here? and we're going to figure this thing out and you're still going to love your school. Like, is your pride that deep?
2: I like it. I like it. I mean, I, but,
4: but Mel Tucker's the answer. I don't, I think, I think this is all that whole message board is brought up because a charter plane flew from Baton Rouge to Norman last week. That's it. That's where we spun this whole thing from
2: that to this. That's uh. that's interesting. I, I did not. It wasn't know the full an LSU details, plane, by the way. It wasn't the school plane. It just a private it was plane. A, it
4: was just a private plane. Flew from Baton Rouge to Norman.
2: I mean, really, they could have I, gone I from they could have gone from New Orleans to, to Norman.
4: Or again. yeah, or New Orleans. <laughs> I don't I don't know where it came from. No, that's, that's what I'm but saying. They
2: could have gone from anywhere. Like those boosters are yeah. not just located in Baton Rouge. That's uh, yeah. but I, I did see all the chatter, and of course, Which, I had to it get wouldn't your have opinion.
4: been a booster though. They're, they're assuming it was, but the thing is, is we're at the stage right now. Where you're not having face to face meetings, you're still talking to agents, okay? Yes. So there'd be no reason to go have personal contact with somebody yet.
2: No, I totally agree. I totally. I do agree. think this
4: though. Here's the deal: I do think if so, if if Alabama loses, Texas A&M wins out. I think that takes Jimbo off the table because we will have a coach championship weekend.
2: I tend to agree. Uh, I but believe that also, that, that also takes Lincoln Riley off the table and. I don't think anybody believes it, uh, uh, but, but I don't.
4: Like I said, I don't think Lincoln Riley matters. He's not the option. This is this is a uh, message board, you know, bullshit. That's all that is.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but the Mel Tucker thing—if they end up beating Ohio State next week, I—I I don't. It doesn't matter don't,
4: what Mel Tucker does. Mel Tucker could lose to Ohio State. He can lose to Penn State. It does not matter. No, agreed. It I'm doesn't matter. If, if, I think Mel Tucker is going to be the coach of LSU.
2: I'm saying if they win, those two. Uh they will be in the Big Ten title game. So <laughs> Doesn't matter. He still gets, he's, he's still going to take the job. Yeah, probably so. I think I think that makes perfect sense.
4: He's still going to take the job, Gary.
2: Makes it perfect. If, if offered, he will be the next head coach. And we'll He'll to be the attention. next head coach. Uh, very quickly, UConn hired Jim Mora Jr., and the questions surrounding this are why from both sides. Uh, Jim Mora, of course, coached at... Uh, UCLA, and I believe he was 46-30 and 30 as the head coach there. Uh, coached a bunch of Pro Football Hall of Fame guys. Of course, he was a coach in the NFL as well. Uh, you know, the, the joke, of course, is Brock Heward, who used to play at Washington. Uh, everybody knew that Jim Mora Jr. wanted to be the head coach of the Washington Huskies for a very long time, so of course he tweeted out, uh, well, it looks like Jim actually gets to coach the Huskies, finally. Um, this is – I don't i don't really get it from both sides, but I will say this. You are not going to find a more accomplished coach uh, than Jim Mora to be the head coach at UConn, I do not believe. I think that this – Why do you out, not get it from UConn's side? Uh, from UConn's side, I – This is a guy. Who the hell else are they going to go get? Well, that's the thing. That's if I'm looking at it, spinning it positively. Exactly what I just said, right? You're not going to get a more accomplished guy than this. Um, But also, this is a retread, and this is a guy that uh, failed at his last, however many stops. Um, You know, can he build a good enough foundation for whoever comes after him? I mean, he's still relatively young. He could be there for a long time. I I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I think I think it's perfectly fine. But I'm not uh, passionate one way or the other. How uh, how about you?
4: Well, I think this is a home run hire for UConn. I don't know why Jim Warren did it, but I, like <laughs> I can't understand how this is not a home run for UConn. Who the hell else is going there, Gary? Like, True. okay, not a retreat. What young up and comer is saying? I'll take that UConn job.
2: I think that's the biggest thing, right? There's no foundation built there. There's no nothing. This is like, they have no
4: conference. They have no, they have no
2: stability whatsoever. They don't have any ties
4: to big boosters, and 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 you're not getting the the elite players of the northeast to come play for you. This is not happening. Well, and uh, you're, not gonna get, you're not going to be able to get
2: you're not going to be able to get those young guys uh, that could just take this as like a massive, massive payday uh, because it does not pay as well as some of the other dregs jobs, right? Like, it's. Yeah. It, this is not a. Uh, this is. But you that's, know, I hit the that's jackpot I, kind that's of job. That's why
4: when you were saying you don't understand it from both sides, like, no, I, I don't understand it from Jim's side, but I completely get it from UConn's side. Nobody the caliber of Jim Morris picking up the phone and calling them. I, I tend to agree.
2: But had and a you talked good...
4: about failure at the last two spots. His last two spots, the, the level of success was winning the Pac 12 and winning a Super Bowl. True. Here, if he just wins four games, that'll be the greatest season they've had in a decade.
2: That is true. That is very, very true. You are not wrong about so success
4: that. and failure are <laughs> measured on not like they're not the same stick for every.
2: No, you're you're not wrong about that. You are not wrong about that at all. Uh it is gonna be interesting to see Jim Mora back on the sidelines. He uh well he, he used to get into it on those you know, post-game shows and whatnot on ESPN and on Fox and whatever else. So, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. Moving on from there, we are going to hit our Week 11 preview right quick. Uh, every week, I ask Chris four questions about the upcoming weekend. This weekend, Chris, I would like to know what you think the best games on the board are going to be this weekend. What's going to be the most exciting to watch?
4: I mean, I think game day nailed it. I think game day nailed it. I think, I think the game at Ole Miss, I, I actually have a, a free ticket offered to me right now, and I, I don't know that I can make it, which really makes me sick to my stomach. But, um, I, I think that's going to be the most exciting game. I think you have two, uh, offensive minded coaches. You have, uh, two quarterbacks that have definitely come into their own in Calzada and the other one, uh, Matt Corral, who's, Defendably, I think the best quarterback in college football. Um, and and so, you know, I think there's going to be some points. Uh, and uh, I think this game's going to be a lot of fun.
2: I do have that written down as one of my options. Uh, I think Michigan Penn State could be a lot of fun. It's going to be very big tinsy. It, uh, very, this game could be in the teens. I really don't expect either team to run away with this thing. Uh, so I, I expect it to be incredibly close in Happy Valley on Saturday morning. Uh, Oklahoma Baylor, I think, could be a lot of fun. Uh, but I do wonder exactly how much losing Joey McGuire uh, hurt your team if you're Baylor. Uh, he was very much a culture guy. And that relationship, like, it may not mean anything for the X's and O's, but I do wonder what it means for momentum for the program. So I think that the, there's a chance that Oklahoma can end up kind of running away with this thing. Um, they they, they does not make any sense, Gary. It just doesn't make any sense.
4: How on earth is a culture that guy is going to hurt you in recruiting? It's going to hurt you later in life. But that guy does nothing on that team at all. He was the defensive coordinator. No, 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 no. That's Dave defense. defensive run. Right.
2: I no, he he was the uh, the outside linebackers coach. Um, Whatever, but, but he's a defensive guy that called
4: nothing. He did nothing is going to be affected at all by okay. missing him. This week, okay, he's a non-factor. The culture stuff is already in place. You don't lose culture over
2: one week. True, true. I'm just talking about the. It may, maybe it has no effect on the game. Maybe there are other. We're reasons. talking
4: about this week, right? Yeah, so no, no, one hundred percent. two 100%. days. From now.
2: I I also think that it could just be that Oklahoma uh, is using this. I mean, they are coming off of a bye week. Oklahoma could absolutely run this team, like, and, and it have nothing what to do is? with McGuire right. or anything else. Um, that's, that's right.
4: And that has nothing to do with your 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 argument for why. Right, like, right, right.
2: I'm just I'm I'm throwing out stuff that that's the
4: aneurysm you know, going on in my brain right
2: now. <laughs> I'm just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it'll stick, man. Uh, there are there are yeah, stuff, well, it didn't stick. It, it, that one most certainly. Purdue Ohio State's you. going to be an
4: awesome game. Also, I, right.
2: I had that one as my next one. Uh, as far as the so that do you want to talk about that for a second? Um I'm okay. I I'm very curious about this one. The the line. I, like I made the line 15, and and it came out like 19 and a half, and then jumped up to 20, and it's like still sitting at 20. I think there's a couple of 21s out there. I uh, I'm very curious, very curious about this. So I I don't like I, I, I I'm staying away from it. Obviously as an official play, like I would take Purdue here, like my numbers say to take Purdue, but. I think there's a few things oh, that Ohio I mean, State... I'm, I'm, I'm about as balls deep into it as you can be. <laughs> that line doesn't stink, though. Hell no. I mean, as bad as Ohio you State's know, been You win, know what stinks? You know what stinks?
4: You know what stinks? Ohio State
2: secondary. I, no, you got that that's right. David Bell should have a field day. That
4: stinks like a dead-ass gun. Whew.
2: That's... I just... I worry. I worry. You know? It, it just there's something off on that line. It it terrifies me.
4: Gary yeah, money don't make money, Gary.
2: You worry. <laughs> uh, the other game I got, I've got, I got
4: real things to worry about. <laughs>
2: I got real you. shit to worry about. Uh, the other thing, the other game that I have for best game of the weekend, uh, Nevada going to San Diego State. I think that one could be a lot of fun. San Diego State's uh, three point favorite. It could be
1: okay.
4: We we have You know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to tell you the best game of the weekend. Because there's zero chance for it to be a dud. Okay. Zero chance. NC State Wake Forest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wake Forest is fun. dropping
4: fifty and we're gonna see can NC State hang. You think Wake Forest will score fifty on that defense? Wake Forest has scored fifty almost every weekend, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna score fifty. I I made this statement about four weeks ago. Wake Forest is scoring fifty every week for the rest of the season. If you can score 50, you can keep up, you can beat them. If you can't, you ain't. That's it. North Carolina, scored 58. They won. That's it. If you don't score 50, you can't win, which means you take every over there is because no books on the planet have the balls to put a triple-digit over out there. <laughs> they don't have it. I've been, I've been raking in tickets on Wake Forest
2: Overs. It ain't like just it.
4: team totals. It's just a whole damn thing.
2: I, I do like the it. other
4: team doesn't score, Wake scores 70. And it's fine. He's still bucking.
2: Yeah, okay. Okay, I can get down with it. I can get down with it. Uh, most to gain this weekend. I've got Baylor written down, and I've got yep. winner of A&M and Ole Miss written down. Um,
4: uh, I don't know that Ole Miss has a lot to gain. What do they have to gain?
2: I mean, this is a big program builder.
4: Um, oh, oh, program builder. You know, All right.
2: Like, as far as – But but also, it keeps them in the SEC title hunt. Um is it out of the realm of possibilities that Alabama loses to Arkansas and Auburn? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But then they need Auburn – then they would need Auburn to lose another day. Uh, See, that's the problem. Yeah. Auburn doesn't – the math doesn't work out. They cannot – I don't think they can win it at all. Because I think in order for you to lose it, Arkansas takes it.
2: Yeah, okay, okay. You got a point there. You got a point I don't think the this. math works. That's uh, that's interesting. So for God. a and m, every week is big. Yeah,
4: I'm gonna tell you a game where this big, and I don't think they can win the game. But I don't think it matters. I think a team can can absolutely be the winner of the weekend if Tennessee can play a big boy game against Georgia and put a scare in Georgia and show some crack in what has been the most dominant team of the season. By far, by the way, I think I think that goes a long way with people looking at Tennessee saying, "Whoa, look out for the future."
2: That that is one of people those program the stock builders. In that program
4: yeah. will be big even in a loss.
2: I can get down with it. It's very much the Ole Miss thing, right? Like it may not mean anything as far as the outcome of the actual season, but I think
4: Ole Miss has passed. I, I think Ole Miss has passed moral victories when you've had the season that they've had this year. More victories
2: does nothing than them. Yeah, okay. Okay. I can get down with that. I can get down so. with that. Um, let's see. As far as most to lose, uh, I think I would put this team on most to gain or most to lose. South Carolina is sitting at five wins on the season. They uh they are now in a pick'em game with Missouri, and they win this, they're going to a bowl game in Shane Beamer's first year. I I feel like you you almost have to get it done this week because next week they got Auburn, and the week after that they got Clemson. Now, they could certainly beat any of those teams uh, if if that team doesn't show up. Uh, They get both of them at home. But if you want your best shot to win a game, I think it's got to be against Missouri. So uh, this team is most to gain and most to lose because if you want to go bowling, you better get this and done. Uh,
4: The team that have most to lose, I think, is pretty clear-cut. And that is Ohio
2: State. Okay, okay. Uh, if they win
4: out, they go. But if they lose because they lost to Oregon, if they lose at all, they're done. Yeah, I mean and this, this would, is a game where they can absolutely get got.
2: Yeah, a, a loss to Purdue does nothing to their Big Ten hopes, right? They, you beat Michigan State, you beat Michigan the next two weeks, uh, you end up winning the Big Ten East, and then you're going and facing probably Wisconsin. Is that done? Wait a minute.
4: Is that done? Even if even if they lose to Purdue, well, yeah. I guess that would only give them one. It'd yeah, they'd one only give them One
2: conference loss. Yep. So, uh, but it takes them out of the national championship race, though. Exactly. It certainly does. It certainly does. And I think that's what they're like. They are most interested in that. Like this team, well, yeah. it, the the goal is not the Big Ten. The goal is. I a didn't national realize
4: top. that they still win the Big Ten, but I forgot that that Oregon game doesn't count against
2: their conference. Yep. Yep. Show sure enough. Uh. Playoff sleeper this week. Um, I'm going to actually start bringing up Oklahoma State here. Uh, they got TCU. They got Texas Tech left. And then you've got Oklahoma to close out the season. And then probably a rematch with Oklahoma. But obviously... No,
4: don't just really be penciling that shit in. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm Oklahoma not, loses
2: to Baylor. and they, But they would have to lose to Baylor and Baylor would have to win out. Um,
4: okay. But look at Baylor's schedule going up, finishing up. Like yeah, if they, they will not
2: win out. They beat Oklahoma. I mean, they certainly could. They certainly could. Oklahoma's in a dogfight against Kansas. You're going to give them a nod over Baylor, and and Oklahoma still got Iowa State left. So, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma is favored this weekend. Like it, I, the the most likely projections would have. I'm
4: tired. I'm tired of hearing people talk about well, this team's favored, and that's why we have to do this stuff because that's the justification that's the only justification for Bama being number two in the country well there'd be a 14 point favorite over Cincinnati (laughs) so we have to have a favorite you know what we've bet this game long enough to know that what numbers a a a book gives somebody is completely irrelevant to the outcome of the game
2: this is true and the outcome has to matter like that's it, it has to Like we we've talked about this multiple times. I'm so tired of that argument. No, at at the same time, I am just talking about the the most likely. Oklahoma has not lost yet. They've still got Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State left. Uh, They would have to lose two of those. And the way that they've been playing with Caleb Williams, like I think they're still a really good football team. You're you're
4: talking about the hyperbole that if they win out, or if they get sorry, if if Oklahoma State beats them, then Oklahoma State would just meet them. And that's a, that, so you're just assuming they win this week because that means if they lose this week and Oklahoma State beats them, that's the two losses,
2: right? That's two losses. Um, that would be a win over, and then
4: they would have the they would lose the tiebreaker against those two teams.
2: Let's see, Baylor in your
4: hypothetical
2: Baylor has uh, can, let's see, hold on, Kansas, oh, Kansas State and Texas Tech. So, no, I, I know where you're coming it, yeah. from. Like, I, I get where you're coming from. I don't think you do, but that's all, we can move on. It's fine. There are no more sleepers anymore because we know what everybody
4: is now. You can't have a sleeper at the end of the year. We got two weeks left of college football. Like, how, yeah. how do we have a sleeper with two weeks to go?
2: Well, I mean, they're, they're ranked number 10. Oklahoma State is. So, that's I think it sleeper. would shock some people uh, for them to actually jump up and take one of those spots.
4: But... It would only shock them because it would take a massive amount of chaos for that to happen.
2: Yeah, the chaos
4: would shock people. Not not seeing the number 10 jump up to number 4. Yeah, That's
2: not okay. what shock people. Okay, that, that would totally make sense. That would make sense. Uh, I have not done the uh, the rundown yet. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Everything you need to know about us you can find over there. Make sure and check out Chris's Sportsbook Review College Football Show. Uh, you can find it on Twitter at SBR Sports Picks. Uh, you can also find me on the BetUS College Football Show. Uh, there is a link in the description to both of those. So go and click on that link and make sure that you go where you need to go. Uh, on top of that, the show is brought to you by BetUS. Where the game begins, they are America's top sportsbook. You can find it over at BetUS.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021, and you will get a 125% sign-up bonus up to $2,500. And, uh, and it is sportsbook exclusive. So you can bet on just football. You don't have to go to the online casino, whatever else. It is only for gambling on sports, and uh, and there's a lot going on right now. College basketball, NBA, uh, NFL is rolling, UFC. I just it, it, I can name them for days. There's a ton of sports that you can bet on using that bonus there. So go over to betus.com and sign up using that, or just click the link down below. I uh, want to send out some uh, some prayers to Cecil Hurt. He is uh, currently in the hospital. Dealing with pneumonia, it's not COVID. It is pneumonia. So for anybody that listens to us, he's been on the show with us multiple times. Uh, one of my friends as well. Um, but yes, he's dealing with it right now, going through some stuff, and uh, and is still in the hospital. He is not covering Alabama currently uh, because of that. So you have not seen much Twitter activity or anything else. Hadn't read any bylines from him. Uh, and that would be the reason why. So hopefully uh, he heals up and he can get back in plenty of time to watch the uh, the end of the season. Uh, we'll We'll see what happens with that, But definitely prayers with Cecil. the college football off the radar pickem um we are going to do this for week 11 last week i went 6 and 6 chris went 5 and 7 on the season i am 52 and 55 chris is 44 and 63 uh let's see oh so what do those numbers add up that doesn't seem right no it adds up okay we're good never mind um let's start off game number 1 Game number one, we are going to Auburn, Alabama. Mississippi State is taking on the Tigers, and Auburn is a five-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 50 odds, of course, brought to you by BetUS. Last year, Auburn won this game 24-10. State is 5-1 and one against the spread of their last six on the road. Auburn 5-1 and one straight up their last six against Mississippi State, and they are 4-1 and one against the spread in the last five against State. So, I... When you look at this matchup, um, I I think State gave everything they had last week. It is very difficult to go on the road and do it two times in a row. I think I think Auburn gets up off the mat after going to College Station. Uh, the weird stuff happens in Jordan-Hare, even in the early games. I like Auburn here. I like Auburn minus five and a half. I think they are still a really good football team. Uh, State, every now and then, has those clunkers that you just... It don't understand from them. Uh, it all depends on whether or not Will Rogers is having a good game, and he is a fantastic quarterback. Uh, but if he is not hitting on all cylinders, that team has no shot. Um, so I'm going to take Auburn to cover the five and a half. I think they could do that even if Will Rogers plays really well. What uh, what you got on this one?
4: Yeah, I like Auburn. I think Auburn needs one little bit of help and A&M to uh, slip and fall somewhere. And, uh, and if they do, then Auburn still controls their destiny. So... Of winning the uh, the SEC West and making it to uh, to, to Atlanta, so I'm going to pick them. I think they get back to their winning ways, and I think they're a really good team. There, this year we there were there were two guys the entire country was just dead wrong on. I was wrong on one of them, Brian Harston and Hype. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, those two, and, and and I'll toss in a player there, Bo Nix. Bo and He didn't play well last well, week. Bo but that's it, right. No, both.
4: Bo, yeah, Bo Nix is. Yeah, it, that defense just did exactly what we thought they would do. Right, stop him from running seventy-five yards left and right, and and keep him in a pocket, make him throw the football, and you can beat him. But I don't know that there are many defenses outside of Georgia in the SEC or in the rest of the country that actually have the ability to do
2: that. Yeah, I think I think A and M and Georgia I don't
4: are the think two the best State defenses. Defense has the ability. I think he will be running back and forth, making wild ass plays on the plane just like he did against LSU, just like he did against Ole Miss, just like he did against Arkansas, just pulling a rabbit out of his hat. This is what this guy does.
2: I tend to agree. Moving on to the ACC now. uh, Syracuse at Louisville is the next one up. Uh, It's a 12 p.m. Eastern time game. Louisville, a three-point favorite, 55-and-a-half is the total here. And uh, the Cuse. 5-0 5 and 0 against the spread in their last 5, 6 and 1 against the spread their last 7 on the road, Louisville 5 and 0 against the spread their last 5 against Syracuse. However, uh that stretches out not over the last, you know, 5 seasons. I when I look at this and I look at that Louisville team, I don't know how much is left in the tank with Louisville. Uh Syracuse looks really good right now. I'm going to side with with Dino. I'm a, I'm going to do the Dino drop here. And, and absolutely take Syracuse to win this game outright. Uh, so if I'm catching three, I'm certainly going to take that because I think Syracuse is the better overall football team. Their defense has really showed up lately. Um, I, I like them. I like them a lot. So I, I'm going to roll with Syracuse.
4: I don't know why something has happened this year where I have just fallen in love with Louisville and I can't quit them. I don't know that I've won a bet on them in a long, long time, <laughs> but I like watching them play. I, I haven't seen a player – I mean, and it – I'm not saying this because he's playing at the same school and he plays the same position and he looks like him. I haven't seen a player that kind of captivated me the way Cunningham has since Lamar. I really haven't. Like, I don't have any ties to Louisville. I don't have any reason to to, to have an, a, you know, a, a, a an emotional attachment to him one way or the yeah. other from them. But I just love watching this kid play football, man. I, I watch him carry this team, and I kind of see these other guys following him. And they're trying. I don't. I just don't think they have the talent. But they got the talent to hang with Syracuse. Okay, they're more talented than Syracuse, in my opinion. I think they're the better team. I. I love Dino. I'll, I'm riding with Louisville. You know, I would say ride her just like You don't ride long. Hell, she doesn't nothing, nothing but buck Maybe, <laughs> maybe she let me ride a little bit here.
2: I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, so you are going to ride Louisville minus the three. I've got the Qs. Next game on the board here, we have got, uh, let's see, an, a, an AAC game. And da, 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 that AAC game would be 12 p.m. Eastern time, UCF at SMU. And I I don't quite understand it, but SMU is a seven-point favorite, total of 60 and a half. Um, UCF 5-0 and o straight up their last five against SMU. SMU 5-0 and o against the spread their last five at home. Uh, You start digging into some of these numbers. Yeah, if if you just want to take the full season, then okay. And I understand that that's where the majority of these lines come from. Hey, there's. Hang on.
4: Go ahead. Hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. You're you're okay with looking back years. (laughs) Years. But you're not okay with looking at the season that we're in right now. You, like, roll your eyes at that. Well, okay. I guess if you want to look at what we've done this year, then I. (laughs) <laughs> then I guess it makes sense, but, but there's, what there's happened a lot. when Grandpa played and, and, and SMU was there? like, what are we talking about? Are we both
2: There's Isn't No, no, crazy? no. This, my, my brain is all over the place on these games, okay? Yeah. Because no, that's, that's I, an I look at these trends, and you can see these trends, right? I mean, it just it follows across the board um, you, because you see teams like West Virginia that can never beat Oklahoma State for whatever reason. But they seem to always beat TCU. I mean, you start looking back at at these certain trends, right? UCF being a five, like beating this team five straight times, uh, and now they are a seven point dog. I, I, I get it, right? I understand because if you look at the full season for UCF, but you don't take into account the fact that they lost their quarterback after week two or three or whatever it was, and then why, Mikey Keene was pretty bad. Why
4: would we take that into account, Gary? Why would we? Huh? Right. Hold on, same, hold on, hold right? on.
2: Here's, here's what I'm getting at, right? Because I, I've started, and I'm doing better this season because I've started looking more at uh, a trend over the last three games as opposed to a full season. Because as we know, college football is a living organism. It, it continues to evolve. Teams can improve throughout the season. Uh, SMU, over the last couple of weeks, has looked really bad. Really bad. And I don't know if that has anything to do with Sonny Dykes and, and the TCU talk or his contract talk or whatever, or if SMU was just selling us a bill of goods uh, you know, early in the season. I don't know what happened. So I, I do wonder here... Um, Because I think I think UCF's pretty good. Like, Mikey Keene has figured this thing out with Gus Malzahn's offense. I think we're going to see some points. I think we're going to see a lot of fun plays here. I'm going to take UCF plus the seven here. I don't know that I don't know that they'll win the game outright, but if you give me a head start with a team that I think is just as good as the other one, yeah, give, give me the Knights. That's fine. Look, I, we're going to go the same
4: way. I just I, – we –
2: we just took a different path to get there.
4: What? What? No, no, no. That's a that's an understatement. What, what you took is not a path, sir. What You took is not a path. You you just I, I don't I can't explain it. I
2: went I went off road with a golf cart. I'll, I'll take I'll take the point. Okay. I'll take the point
4: and that's
2: it. Okay, I can get understand. <laughs> Um, let's move to the ACC again. Boston College, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Boston College headed to Georgia Tech. And uh, the Ramblin' Wreck are a two-point favorite. 54.5 is the total. Last season, BC won this game 48-27. Phil Jurkovic, or Jurkovic, or however you want to say his name, I believe it's Jerkovic. Um, he is back. He did not look great last week against Virginia Tech. However, uh, that did build up Boston College. Quite a bit. They uh, they stopped Virginia Tech, held them to only three points, and obviously Braxton Burmeister went out in that game. That certainly hurt. Uh, BC three and six against the spread. Their last nine games on the road, so they don't play well on the road. But uh, Djokovic has been out for a a long period of time here. So Georgia Tech four and five against the spread at home over the last two seasons. They are one and three in that role uh, this season. I um, when I look at these numbers on this team or on these teams this year. Ah, uh, Georgia Tech has. I mean, they're they're really bad on defense as far as overall consistency goes. This is a highly highly volatile team. I think BC got a little uh, got a little excitement about them. The program feeling good because they got Phil back at quarterback. I'm gonna trust the more consistent team here. I'm gonna take Boston College plus the two. Um, partly because I don't know why Georgia Tech would be favored over anybody with as bad. As uh, as their numbers have been, they are number one thirteen in offensive success rate and number one thirteen in defensive success rate. They're not really good on either side of the ball, but they can they can jump up and bite you if you're not paying attention. I think BC is going to be paying attention, so I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take the Eagles.
4: Yeah, we're we're going the same way here on this one. I think Boston College is a better football team. I think they're the better coach team. I think they have more talent. I think they'll have a better quarterback. Everything in which I think is important to winning football games. Every one of those edges goes to BC.
2: I tend to like it. I tend to like it. So both rolling Boston College, we've only picked one different so far. Uh, Let's move over to another ACC game. Miami headed to Tallahassee to take on Florida State. And Florida State, a a two-and-a-half point home dog. 60-and-a-half is the total. Miami 6-and-1 against the spread, their last seven in Tallahassee. They are 3-1 and one against the spread in the last four against Florida State. They have won four straight outright. Um, I, I – look, you want to look at numbers. Since Tyler Van Dyke came in at quarterback for Miami, they are the number three overall efficiency offense in the country. They have been unbelievable. Now, had a couple of turnovers, make things look a little wonky against Georgia Tech last week, but you start looking at yardage numbers and everything else – uh they dominated the uh, the stat sheet against Georgia Tech. They should have won by more last week. But um, but I really like Miami. Florida State has not seen anything like this other than, like, Wake Forest. I, I'm going to take Miami minus the 2.5 and, and feel really good about it because I feel like this line probably should have been 7.
4: Oh, this is one where everything in me says Miami's the right pick here. But I, I think Norvell's getting things going right. I think they're going to win a marquee game. It's either going to be this. It's, it's kind of give them some momentum going into next year. It's either going to be this game or the Florida game. Um, you know, I, I guess everything in me says it should be the Florida game and not here, but uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take Norvell and the boys.
2: I can understand that. I mean, it's not like Florida State's been bad, uh, and they should have Jordan Travis back this week. You know, obviously. They, they had a bunch of flu issues. Much better. They've looked yeah. much
4: better. They haven't looked anywhere as close to as good as Miami's looked the last couple of games since making the quarterback change.
2: But they've looked much, much better. Uh, between last, uh, the, the two teams, Florida State and Florida, both of them had guys out with the flu last week. And Florida State still put up a fight against NC State. Like, they they were still in that ball game until late. And, and Florida was just never in the game against South Carolina. Like, you could tell which team was fighting for their coach and which wasn't. Um, so Florida State still got some fight in them. So you're going to take the Knolls at plus two and a half. I'm taking Miami minus the two and a half. Uh, let's move on. 7 p.m. Eastern time. We have got Arizona State and Washington. Of course, Jimmy Lake is suspended. Uh, the offense coordinator, John Donovan, fired after last week. Uh, Washington is a five and a half point dog at home. 45 and a half is the total. Arizona State. Uh, this is a team that has been very difficult to figure out this season. Yeah, you just go based on numbers overall on the season. Arizona State is the easy play, and when you toss it in with some of these trends, uh it's certainly an easy play for me. Arizona State 5 and 0 against the spread of their last 5 in Seattle and 5 and 0 against the spread against Washington overall. They they handle Washington. Um I love the numbers here. I mean, everything points to this being Arizona State by more than a touchdown. Uh I think they take advantage of the situation. So I'm I'm going to roll with Arizona State here.
4: Man, we're going to agree again. Um, yeah, I think the same thing. I, I do not like this Washington team. I haven't liked them all year. Um, the, there's a there's a world where Jimmy Lake not being their coach makes them better at football because I don't think he's a very good coach. But I, I just – I don't know. I just don't think they have a whole lot to offer. And the only reason I would even come close to considering Washington is because the – the drunken path that Arizona State has played through this season. Exactly. That's
2: it. Like you're you're betting but, on chaos. But this
4: is one of those things where, yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're betting on Washington, you're just betting on chaos. That's exactly right. You're just hoping for the unexpected to happen.
2: And here's the one thing that I don't think that you can fix this late in the season. Uh, Washington against the run at number one fifteen in EPA per rush, and they are number one twelve in defensive success rate against the run. Um, Arizona State is number eight in EPA per rush on offense, and rushing the ball on offense, they are number three in success rate. Like they know how to run the ball. Washington cannot stop it. Uh, I don't foresee them stopping it in this game. So, Arizona State uh, minus five and a half is the pick for both of us. Let's move to the SEC. And we are going to roll Arkansas at LSU. The Tigers are a two and a half point dog at home. Total of fifty nine. Arkansas six and two against the spread in their last eight games. Um, LSU, however, five and zero oh, straight up against Arkansas in the last five. I, I, I have got a a weird feeling about this because if you look at numbers overall on the season, obviously you would go with Arkansas here. But LSU showed some fight last week. Coach O said they installed like eight new defensive looks last week. They did some different things on offense. I like what they're doing. They, they've got some fight left. Those upperclassmen that are left on the team have some fight. I think they're sick of losing. They're getting this one at home. I think they're going to beat Arkansas. So I'm going to take LSU plus the two and a half. I think LSU still a, a good team. They've got more talent uh, left on the team than Arkansas does right now. Um, Arkansas is good, but I think LSU beats them. Yeah, I agree with that. Everything you said. I think Arkansas uh, um,
4: is really good. I think they're going to come ready. I think they're going to come prepared. But I think LSU cares about this game, and um, and they got a lot of pride in them. And they're, you know, they're going to fight like hell. It's going to be hard to beat them in in Death Valley. Yes, I mean it's 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 still hard to win games. Yeah, yes, it's It's still really hard to win games in this
2: valley you are not wrong about that next game on the docket 7 30 p.m eastern time nc state heads to wake forest it's an acc network game because of course it is uh nc state won this one last year 45 to 42 and wake forest 11 and one against the spread the last 12 at home against nc state of course that goes back two decades i mean forever (laughs) it's a long time um before 2020, Wake was 3-0 and against the spread and straight up against NC State. Before that, um, you start diving into numbers, and you have a really fascinating matchup between Wake's offense and NC State's defense. NC State's defense is awesome. They're number four in the country in defensive success rate. Uh, you look over at, at Wake Forest, I mean, number five in offensive EPA per play margin. Uh, there's a lot to like about this game to figure out who will be able to to uh to implement their game plan better. I I am going to lean Wake Forest here because I think that at home, especially coming off of their first loss of the season, I think that they are going to uh be able to outscore NC State because I don't think NC State's offense is is bad, but I also don't think that they'll be able to keep up in this spot. Uh even with their defense slowing down Wake Forest a little bit. So, I'll I'll take uh, I'll take Wake minus 2.
4: Well, I let the cat out of the bag on this one earlier. Well, I said this is going to be the most exciting game of the weekend. Wake yeah. scoring 50 every week from now until the end of the season. Nobody in that schedule remaining is keeping them under 50. I do not think NC State has the firepower to keep them at under 50, and I do not think NC State can come close to scoring 50.
2: I like it. I like it. We're both rolling Wake minus two. Uh, got a few more here. TCU heading to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. And, of course, the Cowboys, a 13-point favorite, total of 54.5. TCU won this game uh, 29-22 last year. Oklahoma State, 4-1 against the spread at home against TCU in the last five. Uh, And when I look at the numbers here, uh, it's very hard to figure out because I don't know exactly what TCU is after firing Gary Patterson. They really swapped up some stuff last week. They are not running as much on early downs. They are uh, they went a little more pass heavy. Chandler Morris looks very competent at quarterback. Uh, that's not to say that Max Duggan was bad. Obviously the TCU offense has been pretty good. But also the defense for TCU was able to cause a little bit of havoc. They ran some different stuff. I it, I really thought that this line would be closer to like seven or eight, and instead it's 13. So you would think that I would roll the other direction, but because it kind of stinks to me, I think I'm gonna roll with Oklahoma State. I'm gonna take the Cowboys minus thirteen. Uh Chandler Morris still a a freshman quarterback. At last last week was his first start. It was at home. Now he gets to go on the road for the first time. And you know Stillwater is gonna be a buzzsaw. Uh so I'm I'm gonna take Oklahoma State to shut down that TCU offense and uh and get a pretty big win here because I think now that everybody's healthy for Oklahoma State, Gundy's offense has been putting up points lately. So I, I think they're gonna put up points here. Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12. I do
4: not think it is close, by the way. I don't. I know a lot of Oklahoma fans aren't going to like hearing that, but that's true. And I think they're going to destroy systematically take apart CCU. Here's what I think happened. Here, this is how I'm explaining last week with Baylor. And I think this explains it exactly the way it is. Exactly the way it happened. And that is simply Baylor was looking forward to Oklahoma. Baylor okay. was looking ahead because TCU looked like a dead fish out of the water. And they thought, "Let if we get Oklahoma, it changes our season. And there's no way they could ever envision losing to TCU.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree. Uh, those look-aheads, I mean, it, it, it's sometimes tough, right? It's tough to not get yep. people fired up about games that are coming up in the future and paying attention to what you're doing uh right now, especially with a, a newer head coach and some some fresh faces on the roster. So yeah, I could I could totally understand it. Um so you you're gonna ride Oklahoma State as well. Uh minus thirteen there. And we got we got a few more. We got some late night games here. Ten thirty PM Eastern time. We are heading over to Nevada at San Diego State. I love this game. San Diego State is a 3-point favorite, total of 45 and Nevada won last year 26 to 21. Nevada 3 and 0 straight up and against the spread the last 3 seasons against San Diego State. And you start diving into this. I I don't like obviously I Nevada's defense is not good. But San Diego State has trouble scoring against air. Like they are they're not good on offense. Uh, they need the other team to make mistakes and give them short fields and whatnot. And of course, obviously, San Diego State got the best player on the field with uh, with the punter, Matt, Are- uh, Matt Areza, 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 either way. Um, I, when I look at the defense against Nevada's offense, I do believe San Diego State is going to slow them down. But Nevada has so many different ways to score and any mistake that San Diego State makes is going to cost them. I'm gonna ride with with Nevada because I've got a three point head start here, uh, but this certainly looks like it's a game that could come down to the wire, and and I trust the team that can score over the one that can't. So I'll I'll take uh, the Wolfpack here.
4: I've, I've been I've been staying on San Diego State all year. It's been pretty good for the most part, and uh, and and I, I'm on them. I'm gonna stay on them. They find ways to win games. They find ways to to manufacture points and and you know i don't know if they're going to do it through defense i don't know if they're going to do it through you know turnovers or or, or how it's going to come but i think they find a way to get just enough
2: that totally makes sense i mean the way that they would be able to do this is uh i mean they're number 53 in epa per rush on offense and number 119 uh on defense for nevada in that epa per rush metric so there is a sizable mismatch there um there is no mismatch for Nevada's offense against San Diego State's defense. They're good at everything. But, but I do know that Nevada got the best quarterback on the field. That's, uh, that's the way I'm going to go. Nevada plus three. You are rolling San Diego State minus three. Uh, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. We have got Utah State and San Jose State. And the reason I'm bringing this up is Nick Starkle came back and started playing last week. I thought that this line would be Utah State minus four. And instead, San Jose State came out and was favored by four. Now they're up to four and a half, total of 57 and a half. Uh, they last met in 2018, so none of that crap really matters um, other than the fact that Utah State is 8-0 and oh straight up and 7-1 and one against the spread in their last eight against San Jose State. That was before Brent Brennan really got this thing rolling with uh, with the Spartans here. Uh, with Nick Starkle back and everything else, you would think it would boost me a little bit on, on San Jose State. Um, but, man, when I look at what Blake Anderson's done, uh, he and Logan Bonner have really turned this thing around. Utah State is 7-2 and two straight up this year. They are rocking, and I think they're going to continue rocking, even on the road here. Uh, San Jose State's got the better defense, but, but I think Utah State finds ways to score. I'm going to take Utah State plus the 4.5 here. Um, they're not as talented. At San Jose State, which is a weird thing to say these days, but I think they're the better football team. So I'm going to take the Aggies.
4: Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, I think they got a chance to win this game. I really do. And that would be a massive, massive win for Blake Anderson and and Utah State.
2: They have got a a shot to win 10 games this year. Like... It blows my mind looking at this. But they have got a shot to do it. They've got the offense to be able to do this. Uh, That team is playing well together. They've got a a lot of good chemistry. The last game on the board before we get out of here, uh, we have got 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Washington State. The Cougars headed to Eugene, Oregon to take on the Ducks. And the Ducks are a 14-point favorite, total of 57.5. Last year, Oregon won this game 43-29, um even with losing their coach, even with Rolovich and all those other guys gone, Washington State continues to fight week in and week out. Jake Dickert has done a good job as the interim head coach. Washington State 5 and 0 against the spread in their last 5 games. Uh they are 5 and 0 against the spread in their last 5 at Eugene and they are 9 and 1 against the spread overall in the last 10 against Oregon. Like they always show up against the Ducks for whatever reason. You start diving into numbers, um, it's it's easy to get sucked into some of this Oregon stuff. But honestly, like, Oregon is just uh, kind of middle of the road. You know, nothing nothing crazy for them. I I think Washington State fights. Like, I think they, they are still in the Pac-12 race. So I will certainly take Washington State plus the 14 here um, because I think Oregon just wants to, to make sure that they are healthy and they get out of town with a win because they got Utah next week. Uh, so give me, give me the Cougars plus 14.
4: I like the Cougars plus 14. I will have some money on the Cougars. Oh. Line. I think they can win this game. Oregon, just like, uh, uh, Oklahoma. They, they have not been impressive. They've been winning by the hair of the chinny, chin, chin. And it's just one of those things that at some point in time, one of these teams to get up there and get them.
2: Now you certainly got that right. You have certainly got that right. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in these Pac-12 games, especially Pac-12 after dark because, again, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. So you uh, you and I both riding with the Cougars. Is there anything else you want to hit before I let you go and wrap this thing up? No, that's it, brother. Sounds Thank like you. a plan. All right, I will talk to you later on, buddy. Sir. Sure. All right, that is going to wrap up today's show. Of course, winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube feed uh, and follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff. You'll hear it all in the the music at the end of the show. Uh, Go and check out the SBR College Football Show. Chris hosts that. There's links in the description for it. I host the BetUS College Football Show. Go check those out. The show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. It is America's top sports book. So go ahead and check them out. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. It's going to get you 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. I, uh, I am so ready for this weekend. It's going to be a fantastic time. A lot of fun games. Not too many of these weekends left in the season. So take advantage of watching football while you can. With that said, do us a favor. Take care of yourself take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at winningcures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.
3: You know how to book flights and hotels.